Hey everybody, welcome into Domesticated Gamblers After Dark. It is Thursday night, May 11th. I'm Eric, and there is Sean and Tito. Been a little bit since we've all been together. It's getting a little late, but the, you know, the kids are in bed. We've got takes to give. So we figured let's hop on the old YouTube uh, and hang out a little bit. Boys, it's good to see you. Tito, how you been, buddy? I'm doing well. It's good to see you boys too. Thanks for setting this up, Eric. Good to see you, Fishy Fish. How how are things going? I know you got some uh, I know you got some gambling ones to talk to us about. So excited to shoot the breeze with you guys. I got some hot carnal takes and I got some hot action for later on tomorrow night related to the NHL and NBA baby. So Tito's back with some three star plays for everyone to enjoy and cash in on, baby. Love to hear that. Uh, it's been a while. I don't know the, uh, the the date off the top of my head, but uh, I don't know, two months maybe for me, maybe longer, maybe two and a half. Uh, great to be on here. I'm ready to get back and talk gambling. I took a hiatus and it's been beautiful. I haven't gambled much, but in the last couple of weeks I got going. I hit a big jackpot in the derby. Uh, you know, all I do is cash, baby, and that's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, Hit some scratchers for 500 bucks. I don't know, man. Life's good right now. Living good. It had to suck you back in. Well, well tell us about your derby win. You were texting me a little bit about it. Uh, give us the details. Uh, so me and my cousin, we, every year we bet, you know, a couple exactas, a trifecta, a superfecta. Um, I can get into that stuff later on, but a tri is three, a super is four, an exact is two horses. So, um, he usually throws a hundred bucks in and I throw a hundred bucks in. We pick our own tries and exactas and supers. And, uh, we hit the, uh, the trifecta, uh, $5. Uh, we didn't box it. So what that means is we got them in exactly the right order. So, uh, we had $5 and $1 try pay 980. So he times that times five and that's what we cash 4,900 split two ways. Thank you very much. How do you do? Let's cash. Let's go, baby. So uh, we're feeling good. We're feeling good. That's good to hear. It's been going good here for me, too. I'm, I'm treading water a little bit here in May. Uh, I had a nice win uh, in the Europa League this afternoon. So I'm down less than one unit here in May. It's just about even for the month. But I'm still up over 38 units for the year. Uh, thanks in large part to Manchester City. So these guys are a freaking cash cow. They're the best soccer team in the world. They've been unbeaten since February 5th, and I looked it up. Since April 1st, I've won over 22 units alone by just making bets that involve Man City. It's crazy. So uh, I have a bet for you guys uh, involving Man City at the end of the show, uh, but we can get going here with what's on the docket here on this late-night edition of Domesticated Gamblers. We're going to talk some St. Louis sports with the yeah. Cardinals and St. Louis City SC. Uh, both from a big picture perspective and a gambling perspective for their upcoming games. Uh, talk about our leans for the NBA and NHL playoff games coming up on Friday. Tito, excited to hear your takes on those. Uh, along with a sneak peek of the NFL schedule that was just announced. Uh, Sean, you'll take us through some of that. Uh, we'll jack around here with our question of the day and talk about some domesticated dad life stuff. Uh, and we'll finish out the show with our picks. But first, guys, you live in St. Louis. You always lead with the St. Louis Baseball Cardinals, the worst team in the National League with the record of 13 and 25 on the year. That is the worst 38 game starts of the season since 1907. Uh, however, 
despite being three and seven in their last 10 games, the Cardinals have actually picked up two games on the first place Pirates who have dropped nine of their last 10. Uh, second place Brewers have lost eight of their last 10. So the NL Central is just a dumpster fire. The Cardinals sit eight games out of first place. Uh, Sean, let, let's start with you. Give me your take on the Redbirds. Uh, fun fact, uh, this is the first time in MLB history that the Cardinals and the New York Yankees have are both in last place. Uh, that's a fun fact there. Uh, both storied, you know, franchises. Uh, the Cardinals, boy, this Ali Marmol guy, come on. What are you doing? You're picking on O'Neal. You know, week two, here we go. We're going to fire up O'Neal. This guy doesn't need to get fired up about running around second base, heading home. What's going on? Everyone watched that play. He was hustling. You know, um, I think upper management, there's something going on here. Um, I don't know if the wallet is losing his marbles or, you know, if Mosellock. I don't know what's going on, but I've never seen anything like this with the Cardinals. We have no pitching, and this is what Mo's mo was uh, not to be a pun master but his mo was pitching where's it at we're, we are so bad we can't get an out when we need it with two outs uh it's been terrible uh, i don't know what else to say but it's been god awful if i'm goldschmidt and arenado i'm looking to get out of here because the future's not right we send jordan walker down he's hitting 270 and we send him down i mean yeah he didn't hit a bunch of home runs but give me a break I'm going to throw it over to Tito. I know he's got some steamy takes. Dude, Sean, you're absolutely right. Jordan Walker, I mean, I can go on and on about everything that's happened over the, over the last month with the Cardinals. Jordan Walker goes on a 14 or 13 game hitting streak. He get, he has one hitless game. Send his ass down. It's all because of the service time. It's all because of them wanting to control it. He's 20 years old. They want to, they want to run him through the system. He's not ready yet. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna sow the roads on the fact that he's he's batting terribly at AAA, just and and that's just justification enough for them to be able to say, see, he needs to figure it out a little bit more. He's gonna get that launch angle. This all this analytic bull crap. I mean, it's just a complete travesty with what happened with Jordan Walker. You're right with the pitching. I mean, this used to be the hallmark of the Cardinals: pitching, pitching, pitching. And the fact of the matter is, is they don't they 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 they've done absolutely atrocious on player development on these on these free agent signings steven bats what a dumpster fire i mean the list goes on and on with free agent pitchers that mosaic has is is has brought in over the last decade i mean you're talking about mike leak you're talking about steven mats you're talking about that lefty from from toronto brett Cecil in the relief i mean these are just absolute travesties absolute abominations of, of contracts that this guy doesn't clearly doesn't have it anymore. I mean, for a long time he was at a higher level than everyone else, but that the game has totally passed him by. The fact of the matter is, this guy thinks that we're a bunch of complete buffoons. We're the best fans in baseball. We're gonna keep showing up, and they're totally taking us for granted. And I don't know what the wallet's doing. He must be counting the money that's rolling in from Ballpark Village and from all these people in that high-rise apartments that there's they're they're spending forty-five hundred to ten thousand dollars a month on these on these suites. I mean, it's a complete travesty. I don't know how people go down there and still spend their hard-earned money on this complete abomination of an organization. I'm completely tired of it. Get them out of here. Send their asses away. Sell the team to Wallet. 
You paid a hundred million dollars for the Cardinals. Now you can sell it for eight billion dollars and go go right off into the sunset. It's time for some new blood in St. Louis, baby. Yeah, I I think they're just in an utter state of panic right now, where they don't know what to do because they've never faced this situation really in the Dewitt era, and it's no. just one thing after the other. This season, Atito, you reference all the moves that have just been a disaster. And I think it's just finally catching up to them here in 2023 that it's just like at some point it, it, it was going to catch up to them and burn them. And we're seeing it all come to fruition here. I mean, just I mean, we haven't caught up in, in a while to talk about all this. But, you know, you mentioned the Tyler O'Neill thing that set a tone at the very beginning of the season. Where I would imagine there's guys walking on eggshells in that clubhouse now. With like, am I going to get called up by my manager? I just, I just think that's a horrible, horrible uh, leadership, uh, you know, act that he did. It just that, that's not the way you lead. The Jordan Walker thing—they make this big deal uh, about when he gets uh, called up to make the team out of spring training. They make this great video. He's playing fine. Yes, he was not elevating the ball enough, but he's a rookie. This happens. He was still hitting for average. They send him down. He's been terrible in AAA because he's probably like, what the hell are they doing with me? I thought I was going to be here. Alec Burleson somehow is still here, even though you know his OPS is probably under 600 now at this point. You have the Zach Thompson situation that I feel like has flown under the radar as one of their better relievers. And they send him down to stretch him out as a starter. Not for this year, they said. They referenced 2024. What does that even mean? How long does it take to get stretched out? So Zach Thompson's another guy. It's like, what the hell am I doing here in Memphis? The Wilson Contreras situation, we could go on and on about that. I think that one might have actually galvanized these guys a little bit where the players might have gotten together just like, F this. Like, Wilson's a good guy. They're screwing him around. Like, let's, you know, they had, they had a good season. I think that could be the pitchers with Contreras. That's my lean on this is the pitchers don't like his game call. They don't like how he calls the game. It's a, that's a, that's a complete – I mean, you're right. You're 100% right. Flaherty mentioned it on Thursday, the Thursday before, and they talked about how too, too many two-strike hits. And guess what, Flaherty? You, you, can, you can shake him off. And if you shake him off enough, he's going to come out there and say, what do you want to throw? You're the pitcher. Do whatever the hell you want to throw. And if he, if he can't call a game correctly, you have the pitching coach or yes man Marmol – Call the play, call the pitches from the dugout. That's right. not that hard of a fix to do. Right. The fact of the matter is, is that the, yes, man, Marmol will do whatever Mosaic wants him to do. He wants him to come out and say, "Oh, well, we want to play, you know, Contreras in the outfield." We're not going to tell him that we're going to bring up this AAA catcher and not tell him. Let him find out when he walks into the clubhouse, and then you're going to say, "Oh, yeah, we want him to play in the outfield." And then Mosaic, he's not dumb. He comes out afterwards and realizes the abomination. What what kind of what kind of reaction the fans gave when they heard about Contreras being in the outfield because of the long game in the outfield? And then he says, "Oh yeah, he just totally throws yes man marble under the bus." Oh yeah, I don't know what that was about. He's not going to be an outfielder. He's going to be the DH. What a, it's a complete it's it, the the blind is leading the blind here, and it's a complete travesty. They both got to go. Everyone's got to go. And you're right, Eric. This is a galvanizing moment for the players. They're going to rally behind Contreras, especially the offense, and they're going to lead this team because the pitching is a complete train wreck. There's not one good pitcher. 
We go and sign we go and sign Michaelis to an extension before one pitch is ever thrown. Why do you sign him to a two-year extension? I mean, what are you doing here? Let him let him go out. Oh, I don't want to pay him twenty-six million dollars at the end of this year. I'm gonna to have to do this. It's a complete wreck. I mean, I could be managing this team ten times better than what Mosellac's doing. And yes, man, Mormon, get his ass out of here. I'm sorry. I'm Brandon Raven. I don't care. This is a complete train wreck. Get him out of here. Let's move on to the city. I don't care. Well, I, I got more things to talk about with this too, though. But like, I, I was thinking about the Contreras thing and the pitch calling, and I thought the same thing. Like these guys can call their own pitches. The pitchers they can throw what they want. I think the pitch clock is a situation, though. I you don't have as much time to shake off and, and figure that out. So I think, and I think I can I can sense this even watching the games. It feels like it's moving fast. Like Helsley when he's out there throwing 100 miles an hour. He's just got to keep pumping him in there. He doesn't have time to step off and take a break. So, you know, I I, I just still think either way they effed up something because either number one, they're pulling the plug and they're starting catcher too soon after 34 games or whatever it was, or they shouldn't have signed him in the first place. Like either right. way they screwed up. And the yeah. clarity thing, this guy, my God, the wheels are falling off him. He about got into a scrap with Derek Gould after his start the other night. I don't know if you saw that. Didn't see that. I, his shoulder is all effed up. He's fighting through it. He know, you know, he knows he has to stay out there if he wants to try and get paid in the offseason. He's gonna have a horrible ERA, a horrible whip. But if he can get through the season, maybe someone to give him 10 million a year because he's got a, a healthy arm and it has potential, I guess. I think he's panicking too. There's a whole everything the word that comes to mind when I think of the Cardinals right now is panic. I think the Michaelis thing was a panic move too. Because Mosaic realized, oh my God, we only have one starting pitcher under contract after the season. We got to have someone else under contract. It's it's just all around. They have the plan that they had is completely blown up in their face, and now they're just like, what the hell do we do? I think that's where we're at. You know, um, something that stuck with me last year. I went to the last home game for the Cardinals when Molina and Pujols retired. And they had a big ceremony, and Mosellock was talking about Pujols and the legacy. And then he talked about Molina. And something that has stuck with me, and I, I can't forget it. You know, he looked at him eye to eye, and he said, we're going to miss you more than anyone realizes. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing that now. Molina called these games. You know, every time Molina would get hurt, our ERA would go up by a run while he was out. Uh, it's pretty clear that Molina was carrying the pitching staff and he was calling the, you know, we know he was calling all the pitches, but we really miss Molina right now, big time. Uh, this is, this is, you know, pull the plug here. It, this is bad. Well, I mean, I, oh, go ahead, Zito. I mean, you're, Sean, 100% right. You're missing Molina hardcore right now. But the fact of the matter is, this wasn't un, like this wasn't unknown. Molina gave this organization plenty of time to prepare. And the fact that they pulled the plug 34 games into this, and said, oh, well, we didn't realize. We we were sold. We were convinced that one job interview. We went down there. He impressed us with th within three hours. And so we signed him to a five-year deal for $87.5 million. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, how, how, Right. I mean, how? and, and I, get, I get why Mosellac didn't do the Murphy thing. I get it. They've been burned over and over again on the prospects they have traded. I mean, you got – 
You got the Garcia fella who's raking. You got Zach Gallon. We could talk about that too. That came out earlier this afternoon. Zach Gallon wouldn't participate in the winter program, and all of a sudden, after pitching in the postseason for the AAA, and then he comes on and says, "Oh yeah, I got traded because I didn't want to participate. I was exhausted after pitching the that. entire year." Yeah, it, it, there was a podcast with AJ Pierzynski and a few other where Zach Gallon comes out and is talking about how he was traded. He didn't want to participate. He came down to Jupiter, Jupiter for two days. They said, you can go home. Everything's fine. And while he was on the plane back home to wherever he lives, he got traded. The agent called and said, hey, you've been traded to uh, Florida. Like, what are we doing here? Zach Gallon is this top-notch pitching prospect that we wouldn't get rid of. And the fact of the matter is he's they've been burned over and over again. So I get him not wanting to trade Walker, him not wanting to trade the shortstop. Um, I, I get it, but still, you've got to look at all the avenues, and you got to look at, again, look at the, the entire track record of what they've done over the last years, and it's been a complete train wreck for the last several years. And, again, it's time for a change. Yeah, I what, think it, go ahead, John. What prospect have we hit on besides Wainwright, Pujols, Molina? I can't even really think of one. I mean, it's it's few and far between. I mean, they they don't hit they they haven't hit on the prospects recently. They haven't hit on any free agent signing, not one. All their hits have been trades. Mm-hmm. All their hits. I mean, you got Arenado, you got Goldschmidt. I mean, you, that can go back to the early two thousands. But still, it's just like they and and again, we're not talking about some. You know, we're not talking about the Kansas City Royals. We're not talking about the Baltimore. We're talking about the St. Louis fucking Cardinals. I mean, they're they've won the most out of any National League team. They're right by they're they're behind the New York Yankees. And the fact of the matter is, is that you can't convince players to come here in free agency. You can't spend the money enough to get to get the right players. You gotta hire I mean, what are we doing with Dusty what, what's the pitching coach's name? Blake? I mean, this is the first time pitching coach. I mean, what are we doing here? Mike Maddox is this distinguished pitching coach, and we can't get we get yes man Marmol because that's what they want to hire. They want to hire a bunch of yes man, and and they can't hire a a, a stud head coach. They can't hire a stud pitching uh, coaching staff. I mean, this is a complete train wreck. What are we doing? You're saying it was fucking Cardinals for crying out loud. Yeah, you're right. We should be getting the best of the best, and I think it is comes from the leadership. Mosaic wants to do things his way. And I think with Schilt, it was the philosophical differences because Schilt, I think, probably saw this coming. He saw the writing on the wall that, you know, we're, we're, we don't have as much talent as we think. And this is going to eventually dry out. He probably wanted to do some things differently. Mosaic said, no, thanks, buddy. Peace out. It's my way or the highway. And I just think, I, I agree, it's time for a new voice. But will Bill it ever do that? I think... He's going to give Mosaic a mulligan after this season. And this season's not dead, by the way, because of this damn division that they play in. But I'm t- I looked this up. This season's dead. This season is over with. I don't care if they win the division. I don't they're, either. They're going to get bounced in the in the wild card in the first round. It's, it, it is over. I mean, what are we doing here? And the, I mean, again, I can't underestimate the fact that this pit, this coaching staff is a bunch of yes men. They're not going to fire Marmol. They're not. He will do whatever Mosaic wants him to do. If he wants them to fall on the sword, oh, that's what he'll do. They'll fire Gersh before they fire Mar- Marmol. That's and, who's next. 
Dirty. That's who's next. It's a complete, and it's a joke. I mean, you're talking about, you know, firing Schilt. I, I heard earlier this week the reason they fired Schilt was because he wanted the Rosarina gone because of what happened during that post-game um, post game where he, where he filmed Schilt saying no one fucks with us ever. And they and then Rosarina goes to Tampa Bay and lights it up, and Moselle like, gets pissed at Schilt because that was Schilt's call supposedly. I, the last I, I don't know how that was Schilt's call because he's the head fucking coach. He's not the GM. He's the head coach. And so I don't get it. But again, Schilt was a guy that understood the Cardinal way. He understood what it takes to manage. That's why they had the 18-game winning streak back in 2020 or 2021, whenever it happened. No, that's all right. We want to fire you. Philosophical differences. Let's get a yes man in here who will do whatever the hell I want to do. I mean, it makes me want to puke. I can't stand this organization. Get them out of here. I'm not going to one game this year. Woof. Well, to take it from a gambling perspective, when looking at the division odds, and I agree with you, Tito, I almost don't want them to win the division because they're going to get bounced in the first round. More than likely, if they got in, maybe they win one round before they run into the real stud teams. But the Milwaukee Brewers are the favorites to win the division on DraftKings at minus 145. The team with the second best odds are the St. Louis Cardinals at plus 380. They're only eight games out of first place because this division is such a joke. I'm telling you right now, they're going to get back in it. They might win the division. They might win the division. I would rather them win 70 games when they realize we have to change our ways. Because, And I feel like we probably sound like spoiled Cardinals fans. Like They've made the playoffs each of the last four years which is fine. That's good. But I just, I just feel like this team is in purgatory right now and they need to change it up. But I just don't think that they will. At the end of the day, it comes down to the starting pitching. The Cardinals starter ERA is 5.40. That is 24th in baseball. They're also in the process of burning out their bullpen by the all-star break. By the way, since they made this move with Contreras and they said, Oh, we need, you know, Kisner back there. Someone that knows what they're doing, calling a game. We've had a full five games, so one full turn through the rotation. Nobody wins six innings. The Cardinals have seven quality starts all year long. Only three teams in baseball have fewer. So at the end of the day, this comes down to the pitching, the talent evaluation, all those types of things. I think this team can still win the freaking division, unfortunately, because of what they're in. And all that is going to do is give more uh, ammo for Mosaic. Aren't you entertained? Aren't you entertained by this team being competitive every year? We're just like, I, I, I don't know, man. I would rather suck for three years and, and, t- and there's no guarantee. If you, I'm not even saying you need to tank, but just like have a new thought process when it comes to your leadership. I think we're just done with it, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. No, we're not done with it. The B-Fibs are not done with it. They're still going to rake in. They're still going to have three and a half million go through the turnstiles. They're not done with it. St. Louis has nothing else going on. That uh, the only thing that's keeping the city alive is the fucking Cardinals. I mean, that's that's the that's the cold, honest truth. Is that people were going down there no matter what because there's nothing else to do here in St. Louis. So they're not going to change. That's why yeah. I go. That's why I go to the games. Nothing to do. Yep. So it's not going to change. I I'm sorry. I apologize, but no, nothing's going to freaking change. They're not going to fire Marmol. He does exactly what they want him to do. They, this is not this is not some, oh, well, you know what? We made a mistake here. No. 
they, they didn't they made a mistake by hiring Schilt. The only way I could see them letting go of Marmol if he, if he clearly loses the clubhouse. And again, back to the Flaherty thing, there is some miscommunication there where, and Sean, I don't know if you heard about this, so Flaherty's basically, uh, Jim DeCat Hayes was calling him out for, you know, hey, we noticed your, you know, velocity was really down your fastball. And, and Flaherty jumped, jumped his ass uh, saying that, like, you know, I play with my fastball, the, the velocity on it, that's part of pitching. That's the art of pitching. And Derek Gould called him out, you know, basically said, like, uh, you know, well, Jack, we don't know that. Like, that's we want we want to ask you about it so you can tell us. Like, and <laughs> Flaherty says, Jack, you, know, it's like, you, know, you don't know pitching. And Gould says, You want to say that again? And it was uncomfortable, man. I thought they were going to throw down right there in this small, cramped Wrigley clubhouse. But man. another reason I asked him about it is because the cat asked Marmol, Hey, I noticed Flaherty's uh velocity was down. You know, any reason, reasoning why you think that happened? And Marvel's like, boy, you're going to have to ask him. Like, I, I don't know. So clearly Marvel doesn't think that he's, you know, doing this by design. It's a disaster, man. Well, Flaherty is a complete jack wagon. This guy, he had, he had a half a good season. Half a good season. It's over for him. He's not this ace. There's another prospect that they missed on. Here we go again. I mean, this is a complete train wreck. Get his, He never wanted to stay here anyway. He wants to go to L.A., wants to be in the limelight. Get, go ahead, leave. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a three year deal for like eight and a half million dollar jack. Get the hell out of here. You don't deserve B fibs. And so, get him out of here. What a complete jack wagon. They need to DL his ass, not let him come back ever again. As B fibs says, he's too worried about his outfit after the game. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. Oh yeah, look at me. Look at my gold chains. Get the hell out of here. Well, speaking of uh, injury prone pitchers. We got one coming back tomorrow for the Red Sox when they take on the Cardinals in game one of the series. I'm going to break down this Cardinals-Red Sox game tomorrow night from a gambling perspective. James Paxton on the mound for the Sox in his first start of the season. Coming back from injury, I feel like that guy – I saw you picked him up in fantasy fish. Good luck with that. Uh, uh, 2 nothing uh, Dallas. I got the over. Five and a half it went down to earlier, a little bit later, before the uh, – Puck drop. So I got it at five and a half. We got two not two goals in the first. Let's go. Let's stay on point here. We're talking about the Boston Red Sox and the Cardinals. We're not talking on NHL yet, Fish. Come on. I got three stars on that, baby. I got three stars on that. I'm on that over two. I'm on that over two. I'm keeping an eye on that. But tomorrow's why, why I bet it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, thank you. James Paxton and Adam Wainwright at Fenway Park. Cardinals and Red Sox. The Red Sox are a minus one twenty favorite. On DraftKings, Cardinals are at even money at plus 100. The total for the game is 10. So a high total there. Sean, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, where are you leaning in this game? They give me the over, I guess. Uh, as bad as Wainwright is, uh, that short porch in left field, the short wall there, um, give me the over. Give me over 10 and a half all day. Give me one star on that play, baby. Um, there's no way I'm touching the Cardinals right now. Um, they won two out of three in Wrigley. Big whoopie do, you know. I mean, really, they could have lost all three of those games. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I would not bet the Cardinals at this. I I had texted Eric. I don't know. It was a few nights ago, and I had a little wager on the Cardinals and hit it. They were due. Um, but I, I in Boston, I I'm staying away. We got swept up there a couple times. I'm staying away. Do but give me, the give me the yeah, over. I'm, yeah. I'll, well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about the over, but I'm stay stay away from the Cardinals right now. I mean, stay, 
Boston's playing a little bit better than what they were projected to play, which is kind of a good sign for that team. But, yeah, stay away from this. Wainwright, you know, what I would love to see happen tomorrow, both you guys, I would love to see Wainwright say, I'm only pitching if Contreras is behind the plate. That's what some guy needs to do. That's what he needs to do. And and show Contreras, hey, the B-fibs are behind you. I'm behind you. Don't worry about these other prima donna pitchers who want to blame you, even though they get lit up. After after is in there for the last five games, I want Contreras behind the plate. That's what a real leader should do. But yeah, I'm not touching the Cardinals this weekend. I'm thinking the over is probably going to hit both, you know, Friday and Saturday. I don't know about Sunday. Sunday looks like a pretty tough matchup. But I'm liking the over for both Friday and Saturday. Well, you know, especially with Paxton coming back from the IL, what's he going to go, four innings, maybe five? I doubt it. What's Wainwright going to go, four innings, maybe five? Get into the bullpen. The Cardinals bullpen's already taxed. Give me the over. Yeah, I may be Joe Public on this one. I'm a little nervous about this now, but I was looking at it. I'm like, God, the over just seems so clear. The Red Sox are third in the league in runs per game. They are incredible at Fenway, too. They average 6.2 runs per game at home this season. Yeah. And the Cardinals' offense has been just fine as of late. They've scored four more runs and seven of their last eight games. So I would, you know, lean over anyways. But with the pitching matchup, man, you got to like it. Wayno, I love the man. I am just not optimistic he's going to be anything better than an average pitcher this season. I mean, say what you want about his rehab starts. Oh, I was just working on some things. Like, just wait till I come back. At the end of the day, like his final numbers were not good on the rehab starts. And his first start against the Tigers, it looked very similar, giving up four runs in five innings. He also pitched at Fenway a year ago. I actually was at the game, hashtag blessed. He gave up four runs in that one as well in a six to five loss. I got more numbers. So the Red Sox, they crush right-handed pitching. Second in the bigs in OPS against right-handers. So I think it's going to be a tough night for Wayno tomorrow, but I think the Cardinals, they have no excuse if they don't knock Paxton around. This guy, Sean, I don't know if you saw his rehab stats. He had six games. Uh, so the, I think they left him on this rehab as long as they could before they physically had to bring him back up to the team. He had six games, five starts. He threw a total of 21 and two-thirds innings. He had an ERA of 6.23 and a whip of 1.57, thanks in large part to 16 walks in those 21 and two-thirds innings. Just awful. I mean, the Cardinals need to work this guy tomorrow because clearly his control is off. Cardinals have been good against lefties as well. They ranked eighth in baseball in OPS. So I agree, over 10, one-star play. I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring series, Tito. Um, I agree with you. You think the Cardinals starting pitching has been bad with a 5.40 ERA? The Red Sox starters ERA, 6.01. 28th in baseball. So it's going to be a fun series. Uh, always fun when the Cardinals go to Fenway. I wish it was there this weekend. I don't. Definitely I don't, over tomorrow. I don't ever personally buy into um, rehab starts with veterans. Um, that's not a road I ever want to go down. These guys know what they're doing, so I don't ever buy into you know Paxton had a bad minor you know minor had a minor league rehab start. Sixteen walks though. 
It is a large sample size, but to your point, Sean, I get it if it was one or two starts where he was just working through. No, like, this, this seems... I, I still like the over, but I throw those things out. They are working on things. They might throw their curveball 10 times in a row down in a minor league start. They're not going to do that in the majors. Man, I don't know. All right, well, we're all in the over. You know what that means is going to happen. It's going to be a three to two final tomorrow, Fenway. That's that's what we're looking at. Probably. Maybe a one one nothing shutout by Wayno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all complete game. There you go. I do think the the quality start, uh, or not the quality start, because I I don't think he's going to throw a quality start tomorrow. I think he will go at least six innings. I think that streak will come to an end. Uh, he he built himself up in his rehab. I think he got to about ninety pitches in his last start, so he's got no limitations. It, they're going to throw his ass out there. They're going to say, Wayno, you're our guy. I bet he goes maybe into the seventh inning, even if, if he gives up four or five runs. But I think that's, not, that's not what the script's going to say, Eric. Okay. If it's third time around the lineup, yes, man, Marmol's going to call up to Mo and say, Oh, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to use my bullpen some more? Oh, yeah, that's what I want you to do. You know, I do think Nolan Arenado gets hot against Paxton. He crushes left handed pitching. Um, you know, you got the the monster. I think he can go deep a couple times. Uh, Goldschmidt crushes left-handed pitching. So, all you know, Devers crushes right-handed pitching. Uh, all all signs point to the over. Sean, what do you think about? And we'll have more time to delve into this uh, at a later point. Player props for baseball, because I mean, we've played fantasy for years. I think we're pretty damn good at it. I just don't have enough time in the day to like break down all these different player props that you could potentially bet, but God, there's gotta be so much value there, right? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, you could bet tomorrow, you know, Nolan Arenado to hit a home run. Yes or no. Uh, I don't know what the odds are. I would guess probably plus plus one eighty, plus 200, somewhere around there. Maybe he's been cold, um, but he does press left-handed pitching. Um, there's great, great odds. You can do the player prop. Um, parlay as well you know so you can get into that i'm the same way i don't really have time to get into all that um i got too many kids job all this stuff but um i i definitely think there's a market to make a lot of money um especially with young pitchers and the over under and the strikeouts um you know if you know a young pitcher who struggles against um like let's say you got a left-hander and he's going against the Cardinals who crush, they used to, or last year they crushed left-handed pitching and he was a rookie, you know, his strikeouts might be five or four and a half, you know, it's probably going to go under, you know, so there's tons and tons of leagues, especially if you play fantasy baseball. Uh, it's been rough this year for me, especially uh, pretty much missed on every player I drafted, uh, <laughs> said Carroll, but um, yeah, I don't know. Player props aren't for me, but there's a lot of money being made out there, I guess. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to city Tito. I see the shirt. I see the hat. It looks good. Looks great. The beard is right on point. looks like a playoff beard for you. So let's start with city big picture before we get into the Saturday game against Chicago. So I think we got good news and bad news. Good news. They're in second place in the Western conference with 19 points. I was right on the money before the season, knowing they were going to be a competitive team. I said it several times. I never found the damn bet. Couldn't find it. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I was trying to find season-long point totals for MLS teams where you could bet the over or the under because I was going to ship the over on City. Three-star play, like five-star play. I would have max bet it. City had the worst odds of any team to win the MLS Cup, so I imagine they were going to have the lowest projected point total. 
unfortunately cannot find it any, anywhere, but I think they have shocked even the most optimistic of fans. Like I thought they'd be in the mix for a playoff berth. Like that, that was my expectations. Never did I think in my wildest dreams that have 19 points in the first 10 games and be second place in the West. And as we sit here on May 11th, on DraftKings, only five teams have better odds to win the MLS Cup. Wow. City is plus 1,400 to win it all on DraftKings. So I, they're starting to get some respect, at least in the futures market. But the bad news here, Tito, I'm starting to get worried. They only have one win in their last five league games with three losses and a draw. They've scored one goal or zero goals in four of their last five league games. They were knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup by the Chicago Fire on Tuesday. Now they're back in Chicago to take on the Fire on Saturday afternoon. Tito, I'm going to start with you because you are blessed enough to have season tickets to this ball club. Uh, we'll talk about the Chicago game here in a bit, but just big picture, how are you feeling about City? It's not looking very good. Um, you know, it's the, the, the kind of the rose has lost its luster a little bit. They've kind of come back down to earth. Um, the goal scoring has been abysmal over the last several games. Klaus has been out. Um, that's their top score. Um, and again, the set pieces where they were where they were making they were getting a lot of good opportunities early on. That those have kind of drained up. They're the most penalized team in MLS. That's not that's not good for their game flow. Um, the book is out on on how to attack them and how to play them. So, you know, they're Carnell's going to have to make some adjustments. I, I'm not, I, the, the MLS cup odds, that's, I stay away from that bet boys. Um, that's not a good, that's not a good sign. They went up to Seattle. They couldn't play against Seattle. That's one of the top teams year in and year out. Um, they've kind of played, their schedule has been, was really, really weak initially. Um, the first game against Austin, um, was kind of a, a hit or miss. It was a tough place to play, but they were still kind of brand new. So people didn't really know what to expect. They were they were able to take advantage of that situation, and even the, the first several games. So they they got off to a great start. They put themselves in a great position to make the playoffs. But man, I'm really nervous. Klaus isn't going to play tomorrow. Um, we got to get them healthy. They got to get back on track. Um, you know, my to my to what I said early in the season. Berkey, outstanding goalie, probably the top goalie in MLS. He's been outstanding. Um, and, you know, they've got some really good defenders that have been playing fairly solid, but the goal scoring has not been there. And that's a huge cause for concern um, for me. And so I'm, I'm really nervous with you, Eric. I, I, I'm, I always like to be very, very positive and upbeat, but these last several games have kind of put a damper in, in what, how, the, how they started. So um, we'll see how they play on Saturday night. Chicago's coming off a – a big win against them in the Open Cup. They fired their coach. They were able to they were able to score against us in the first three minutes. That was not a good recipe. If they were, if City would have been able to hit, hold on, maybe they would have been able to squeak, squeak out a, game, a win on um, on Tuesday night. But I'm really nervous about even Saturday night. So we'll see how it goes. Sean, where are you at on City? You know, I played soccer for almost my whole life, and sometimes. A star's just got to step up, dribble the ball down the field, make a shot, and score a goddamn goal. I'm tired of these guys passing the ball around. Too much passing. Take the ball straight at the fucking goal and make a fucking sick shot. Let's go. 
Stop it. I'm tired of it. Pass, pass, pass. Let's go. Bury the fucking ball in the net. Be a man. That's where I'm at with City. You know, uh, but in all honesty. Spot on. That's a great, you're absolutely right. A lot of passing. Um, the season ends in October, so we got a long way to go. Um, and all sports are a game of adjustments. The league has figured City out. Um, I'm kind of not watching every game because of Apple, and I don't really want to pay the money. Uh, <laughs> but I do watch some highlights, and sometimes there's a free game on, and then I watch it. Um, you know, I'm being cheap. But, um, you know, I'm trying to retire one day, I guess. Um <laughs> But, yeah, you know, just take the fucking ball. Stop, you know, make a couple little moves. Dribble here, dribble there. Get up. Straight up the field. Let's go. Kick a corner. Let's go. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, thing. that's the thing. I, I'm sorry for jumping in here. Right? But, you, I mean, that, that's how they scored a lot of their early goals was off the of set pieces. That's kind of been evaporated. Klaus has been hurt. Again, he's got that quad injury. He's not 100%. So I'm looking for that. Yeah. They're looking for that set now. Absolutely. So it's it's a it's a it's a tough situation to be in. But you're absolutely right. They they pass way too much when they have it down in the scoring areas. They just got to put the ball on net, and um, you break it down fairly simply. But you're 100 percent right. Get down there and just shoot the ball on fucking net, and something good will happen. A lot of my Blues fans watching here. Shoot! I'm telling you, man. Sometimes it's all it takes. Put the damn ball on net. See what happens. You know. Yeah, you guys have kind of both hit on where I'm at on with it on with this team. They kind of remind me of a rookie hitter in baseball that comes up and crushes it right away. Like they have lots of talent, lots of upside. They also have the advantage that there's not really a book on them yet on on how to attack them and get them out. And now, like, you know, you see this a lot in baseball. That rookie comes up after that hot start, he starts to struggle a bit because the league makes an adjustment, starts to figure him out. And then it's on the hitter to recognize, you know, how the pitchers are attacking him and then adjust back. That's where I think City's at right now. I, I think there's plenty of tape on them now on how they play. I think teams are more prepared on what they're going to face. I think that's what's led to the struggles. And I think it's going to be a mix of like, sure, you want to stay true to who you are. But Carnell and the staff, they got to figure out what teams are trying to do to them. Yeah. And adjust accordingly. Like, I didn't get a chance to watch the Dallas game last weekend uh, before it got postponed. But by all accounts, everything I heard is that City had the better of the play. And Dallas is a good team, too. They're in fifth place in the West. So hopefully City is making those adjustments and gets back to the results they had earlier in the season. But I, I think, like, right now, my hope for this team and realistic expectation is make the playoffs. Like, I don't think they're going to be at the top of the table for the whole season. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised by that. But I think if especially with how they started, if you just make the playoffs at this point, even if you bow out in the first round, I think that's a hell of a success uh to get off the ground with a brand new franchise. But I I think you guys it sounds like we're all on the same page here. Tino, what do you, what do you think about my analogy with the rookie hitter in baseball? Yeah, you I, I think that's a spot on analysis. I mean, I I I do have a little bit of concern in regards to um, the two games prior to the game against Houston, um, the first half, the first 50 minutes, they did dominate play. They made some adjustments and they were, they were playing a lot better. They were playing city soccer for sure. Um, but the, the previous two games, they had players come out and talk about how they, you know, they thought they were going to come out and, and perform a, a lot better. And it was the same mentality each game. 
they didn't come out on top. They 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 had a lot of you know bad you know bad chances. They 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 didn't play very well. And so you thought they were going to make that adjustment previous, but they made the adjustment against Houston. I'm Dallas, hoping that they Dallas. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, so I'm hoping that they'll make the adjustment. That again, the Tuesday result does not have me optimistic, um, especially with with having Parker out on the on the D line. He had a yellow card. He's got to sit out this next game. And so it's going to be nerve-wracking, and Klaus isn't going to play. Alm's not going to play. It's going to be a, a really tough challenge, especially after Chicago, you know, took that took their measure on Tuesday night, and they're going to, you know, look to capitalize some more. So um, I, your analogy is spot on. I'm just hoping that Carnell has some adjustments that will will get get the fan base reinvigorated. So we'll see what yeah. happens on Saturday night. I will say, I, I think there was like maybe four or five regular starters that played in that game with Chicago for both teams. I mean, it was kind of a half varsity team, half JV team. I know we had Parker and Leuven out there. Um, but so I don't think that was a, you know, not totally accurate representation of what we're going to see on Saturday. It actually is an afternoon game. It's a 12 p.m. game on Saturday, which kind of sucks. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to watch it. I've been loving the 8 p.m., 8.30 starts because the kid's in bed and I can watch it. One thing I'm wondering, Tito, and you might know more about this than me, do you think their style of play is sustainable over the course of a 34-game season and all the other games that are playing? You know, I I think what they're doing is it's super entertaining. I just wonder, are they going to be more prone to injuries as the year goes on? Are these guys going to be more prone to flat spots where they just don't have their legs in a certain game? Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I mean, it's it's a unique situation they're in right now with the Open Cup and what's coming up in July in regards to, I forget what, what that tournament is called, where they're going to be playing um, some Mexican teams. But, um, no, I, I'm not concerned with them, you know, kind of fading in regards to having players go down with injuries. They, they're well conditioned. They have, they have a good conditioning program going on right now. So I'm not really worried about that particularly. I'm just more worried about, them figuring, you know, them being realized how they how they're going to be game planned and not make the adjustments. Um, that's the biggest cause for concern for me. The other big cause for concern is that this international portal is going to be opening up soon, and from all indications, they're not going to be willing to spend money on uh, bringing in new talent because they've really, really emphasized the team culture to this, and they want they don't want to bring in a hotshot European star to really make an adjustment, maybe scoring wise. And so they want to keep the chemistry as is, whereas like the Atlantas of the world or the LAFCs of the world will will take advantage of that and bring in that hot, legitimate European scorer and yeah. really take advantage of it. So I'm really worried about that piece of it, um, just because of the talent level. I mean, you could be a great you're a great chemistry team, but if you don't make the adjustments and you have a team that's got three or four all stars, it's going to be tough to beat them down the road. The only thing with the European guys is. Most of the time, they're already washed up when they come over. I mean, has it worked out yet? I mean, Zlatan, yeah, Zlatan came in. They won. They they did win the MLS Cup, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's 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 been hit or miss, but um, but you know, it it depends. But I don't think it's going to be one of those like high high profile players. Um, there's rumors that Messi might come to Miami once his PSG contract expires, I guess, at the end of June. One well, we're talking about, contract. I mean, what a joke. I mean, this guy is an absolute – I mean, this guy is just absolutely crazy. Um, but it, it wouldn't be that level of player. It would be someone that's a, a kind of a consistent where the the um, 
the Champions League is not going on, and it's going to be more of a of, of a, a younger type of European player that to get might be paid over. To get yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tito, so, you mentioned they weren't going to spend money in the transfer window. I'm like, my God, has the wallet infiltrated this organization? Like, what's going on? No, yeah, I mean that's the thing. They're they they've been talking about it. They've been really public about what they've come out and said. Lutz Fanestil has come out and said we don't really want to mess up with the chemistry of the team. I mean, obviously, if they get three or four injuries, maybe maybe things will change. But um, but yeah, they're not I, from from all indications of what I've read and what I've been listening to podcast wise, they're not going to come out and spend money. That's not what they're going to do. Now, I guess I could be. I mean, I could be dead wrong on this and. God, I hope I am, especially if they have some key injuries. If 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 Klaus is going to be out for an extended period of time, obviously this Giochini guy, the other forward, he's not performing to the level that we would that we would like. So they're going to need some scoring from somewhere. Yeah, you mentioned Klaus. I saw. Yeah, he. You mentioned he is out again on Saturday. It was supposed to be a ten to fourteen day injury. I think we're already at about twenty one days now. So nervous about that. Uh, Tim Parker, I believe, not mistaken, not playing on Saturday as well because too many yellow cards. So let's take a look at this game in Chicago. Um, you know, th their next two games are at Chicago and at home against Kansas City, two of the worst teams in the league, according to the table. Now, you know, these are rivalry games, I guess. I guess we're going to find out, like, how big of a rivalry this actually Chicago, is. Chicago, their last four games, they've lost two and they've drawn twice. So they're not, yeah. you know, they're not doing much either. No, Chicago's not very good. They're playing at Soldier Field this game, which is just weird because it's, it's going to look so empty. It's a noon game on Saturday. I don't know, man. It's just kind of a weird, odd game. Chicago's a minus 110 favorite. Sid is the underdog at plus 255 on the money line. The draw is priced at plus 260. You can also bet on City at plus half a goal. At minus 120. That means as long as City doesn't lose the game, you would win that bet. So, Sean, does anything stand out to you there when it comes to the money line? Uh, the total is two and a half. Uh, I think that's priced at about minus 130 for the over. Um, any thoughts on or, or a lean for this game on, on Saturday? No, I wouldn't listen to me about soccer betting. I have no clue. Um, I follow Eric and Eric only. Um, so I'm just going to be straightforward. I have no effing idea about betting soccer. I just follow Eric in Manchester City. <laughs> Honesty in media. That's yeah. good. When in doubt, bet Man City. I still got the play <laughs> coming up at the end of the show. T yeah. Tito, what do you got for this game on Saturday? Yeah, I'm thinking with with with, uh, with Berkey playing, Berkey starting, even though they're gonna have their Parker's gonna be out and Klaus isn't playing. I'm liking that uh, that half uh, that half goal bet. Um, I'm I, I I would have a hard time believing that Chicago is gonna take two in a row from City in the same week. Um, again, I think Tuesday they were kind of emotional with regard to the new coach. They got off to that hot start, goal in the first three minutes. I don't think Berkey allows a goal in the first three minutes. And I think City at least ties. God, this is scary because I'm on the same wavelength on you as this, just as I am on the Cardinals. I'm not going to bet it. There's a lot of unknown here. Uh, Chicago just fired their manager. It's their first league game with this interim manager. Sometimes I feel like that gives a team a lift. But then other times I feel like it gives like the substitute teacher vibe where teams just like don't respond and don't give a shit. I don't know enough about the Chicago Fire to know which one this is, uh, but I I just lean City plus half a goal here. 
at the minus 120. I've seen this all year in the odds. The books have no idea what to do with City. It's like they've broken the algorithm, and there's usually been value on them because right. they're mispriced. And you, I, I've only like cashed in on them once because I keep being nervous of like, how is this the game where it falls off? Right. You know what I mean? And so like, and I also don't want the double whammy. That's one of our ten commandments. Don't bet with your heart. Um, but all you know, like you said, Tito, like all they have to do is draw this game. You know, I I could totally see them if they don't win at least getting a tie. Chicago's played 10 league games this season. They've only won two. So 80% of the time, Chicago's not winning their games. They're second to last place in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, I think it makes sense. If you're going to bet this game, take City plus half a goal and minus 120. But like I mentioned, I will not be betting it myself. All right, guys, let's go a little bit more rapid fire here as we kind of covered the big local topics. The NBA playoffs, let's take a look at Friday night's games. We had game six of the Knicks and Heat in Miami. Uh, the Heat can close it out. They're up three games to two. Miami, a five-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 208-and-a-half. And the Lakers can take out the Dubs tomorrow in game six in L.A. LeBron and company, a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 221-and-a-half. Tito, you just you gave us the fingers crossed. Uh, signal there. What are, what are your thoughts here? I can't stand the Dubs. I can't stand Draymond Green. These This guy is a big old wire, complete fraud. Get him out of here. Sure, I like Steph Curry. I don't like this Clay Thompson fella either. He's wearing the bandana. He's not wearing the bandana. What the hell are you doing? This other, what's the what's the Jordan Poole? Is that the kid's name? He's trying to be Steph launching it from 38 feet. Get out of here, kid. And Draymond Green, He's the exhibit A of why I don't like the NBA. Always whining, always complaining, always roughing people up. Play the game the way. Oh, I love LeBron. LeBron's a great, all-time great player. Not the greatest of all time, but he's an all-time great. This guy is going to shut up the dubs. They're going to take it home tomorrow, fingers crossed. I'm cheering, I'm cheering on Anthony Davis, the unibrow, and LeBron James to make it to another Western Conference final, baby. I thought AD's a little banged up. Uh, he played really well a couple nights ago, and so he's a little banged up. He's always a little banged up. He's been banged up ever since he left Kentucky. Whoa. No, he, he got something. popped. He got popped. It, it looked kind of rough, like maybe concussion. Uh, I, I did see on Twitter today he was cleared of concussion symptom of, of, a, of a concussion. He's feeling better today. He is expected to play because I, I was definitely awaiting news on him before thinking of making any play in this game. Sean, where are you at? It's going seven games. Um, put that down, mark it, write it down in Sharpie pen. Uh, you can put that in the books. This is going seven games. NBA needs it for ratings. They need the money. Uh, the, the fix is in. You know, it's, they don't it's, need the money, but yeah, right right there. The it's going seven games. It can come, maybe even go to overtime in game seven. Wow, amazing. We're going to overtime. Uh, so I, I'm taking the dubs tomorrow money line. Ooh, all right. So I, I am again. I'm, I'm being a, a puss here. I'm not betting it. I lean Lakers. The Dubs. I've watched almost all of this series. They feel off to me. I, I just feel like they don't have it this season. Tito, the it factor that we always cite. Clay Thompson. You referenced him. He has been terrible. He is just 11 of 37 from the floor over the last three games. It's 29 percent. I'm just going to stay away from it. I don't want to bet against Steph Curry. I really don't want to bet against LeBron either. 
Curry had that game seven against the Kings where he put up 50 on them and their season is on the line. Maybe their dynasty is on the line here. So he might just have one of those performances for the ages. I'm going to sit this one out and hey, watch it as a fan. Steph Curry comes back down three games to one and beats LeBron. Wow. He's better than LeBron. Oh, sure. Oh, my God. It's full circle. Three. I didn't even think about that. The three games to one. My worst yeah. gambling loss of my life. Yes. And now it would be the, the roles reversed. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I could see that anyway. I mean, Sean, I could. there's an argument for Steph to be, you know, he's a better overall player than LeBron is now. I mean, I, there, that's the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. I mean, he's re, I mean, he's he was great when he initially came up, and then he's he's been so consistent over the years. I can see that, absolutely. That's a good call out, too. And he didn't have to move teams to win a title. <laughs> that's right that's right sure. one a bet i have already made for tomorrow in the nba knicks and heat first half under 106 and a half sean i think you're gonna like this data i made this same bet last night it cashed without a sweat all five of the first halves in this series have seen 105 or fewer points scored the total tomorrow is 106 and a half it was 107 yesterday it finished in like at 95 or something uh, I also see there's data. I'm not going to bore you guys with it, but long story short, Eastern Conference first half unders cash at a very, very high rate once you get deep into a series. So that's a play I'm already on tomorrow. First half under 106 and a half, Knicks and Heat. I did Nuggets, see are, Nuggets are taking the sums of town right now. That's is that favorite. right? Yeah, you're right. So that series could be over. Celtics force the game seven against the Sixers with a big win on the road. I'm a Celtics kind of lemming, and I know that might not be popular in St. Louis, rooting for a Boston team. I just love Tatum, man. I'm St. Louis through and through. He he wears the St. Louis pride in his sleeves. He had a real shit game tonight, but stepped up in the fourth quarter to help him uh, to victory. They did the same thing last year in yeah. the Bucks series. Same round, 2-2. They lost game five at home, looked like they were done, went and won game six on the road. I think they take the Sixers measure in game seven and they take it to the NBA finals. I don't know if they're going to win it this year. I kind of, the NBA, I feel like is about as good as it's ever been in terms of competitiveness where there's really not these super teams. And there's a lot of different teams right now. that can win the whole thing. What, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot more um, teams that can win it all this year. I mean, right now, I mean, who is the favorite Denver, I guess, you know, they're probably the best odds to win it all. I don't have the odds in front of me. I haven't been uh, – I really haven't been in the NBA much at all this year. I, I bet a little bit on the playoffs. That's my favorite time. They These guys actually play a little bit of defense in the playoffs. Um, but, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, any team could win. I mean, Boston, Philly, Denver. I mean, Phoenix is probably out. You kind of thought they were going to make a run with KD, but nothing's going on now with that, looks like. And you know, roll, slow you roll a little bit. It's only the second quarter. They're down yeah. like 17 points. Well, right. That's they don't nothing. play defense, so they can come back pretty quick. Yeah, um, that's not that's nothing. Let's slow our roll a little know, bit there. If I'm the NBA, I want the Lakers and the Warriors to go seven games. This is what I want. I want either Curry or LeBron. You know, that's what's gonna happen. Ugh. Game it's seven like, would be on it's Sunday. Like, it's like how Tito it's like how Tito hates Mahomes. You know what's gonna happen and you just can't stand it. Well, I can't wait to watch that game. 
uh, I'm going to fast forward to one topic I want to talk about because this is actually it, it, it's it's topical with what we're talking about at this moment. These Lakers Warriors games are starting at nine o'clock at night. I've been staying up to watch all of them. I wanted to ask you guys because I have a daughter of now a six year old. She just turned six uh, last weekend. How have your sports viewing habits changed since having kids? Because for me, I used to go to bed at probably 10 o'clock if the Cardinals played at seven. I would go to bed after the game. And uh, if there was, if I missed an NBA or NHL game that went till midnight, whatever. Now, Andy goes to bed a little after eight. And I feel like I want to party like every night. Like I'm going to, I'm going to watch these games to the bitter end. Usually I got something on it. Not, not always, but like, Despite the playoffs are just such great competition. So I'm just like, I don't sleep that much anymore. I go to bed about midnight. I get up about 530. Like, how how have your guys' sports viewing habits changed since having kids? Because that, that's how mine have changed for sure. Tito, you want to go first since you're you're a veteran at this? Absolutely, yeah. They've totally changed. I, I care less about sports, to, to be t- totally tr- transparent and honest with you. I had a, We had that stretch of January and February where I was watching a lot of college basketball but man, I could care less about I could care less about watching sports. I used to always love staying up. I honestly can't. I mean, I, I'm interested in it, but I can care less watching it. Like, I, I'm not watching the Cardinals. I mean, I'm watching highlights, but man, what a wolf. I don't even care anymore. I used to always love staying up late watching the West Coast games, um, especially the Cardinals. That was exciting for me. Put the kids down and be able to have some alone time watching Cardinal baseball. But man, I'm I'm in bed by 9.30, 9.45, and I'm getting up at 6. And I don't know how you do it, Eric, but, man, I need my sleep, and I can't uh, I can't function without it. Yeah, for me, um, I'm going to watch my sports with the kid in the room. You know, that I still got to live my life. So if it's 6 o'clock and the Cardinals are on, game's going on. A uh, kid can get their tablet, make him watch their little silly YouTube show, whatever they're watching. Um you know, I'm not gonna let uh, not gonna let my son uh, control my life, I guess. Uh, but I know where you're at, Eric. Uh, Andy's a little bit younger, and I kind of dabbled with that. And then I kind of thought, why am I letting this little person decide what's on the huge television that I'm paying for? Um, you know, so and especially like football, I'm watching football now. My son's into sports; like he loves baseball, so we do have the Cardinals game on every night. Um, He's talking nothing but football. Can't wait to dig, you know, dive into a little bit of Aaron Rodgers talk, uh, NFL talk. I'm already getting on teams. I'm ready to go for the NFL season already. But, no, I mean, I go to bed about 930 now as well, so the late stuff for me is no good. But I'm with Tito. You know, most of the stuff I could care less really anymore. NFL is number one for me. I still love the Cardinals. I still watch a lot of baseball. Um, MLB package. I have that. I watch, you know, most of my starters and fantasy. It's been pretty rough lately, but um, yeah, you, you know, Eric, you got to tell her, Hey, this is my house. This <laughs> is my television. I do think I need to get there because usually once dinner starts, we don't flip the TV back on until, and we eat about six. We don't turn the TV back on until after she goes to bed. And I do feel like I, I almost feel like my life is a separation of church and state where it's like when she goes to bed, I feel like, OK, I got my time. I can either watch a show with Stacy or watch watch games, sometimes do both at the same time. Uh, fling my phone across the room when a, when a coach doesn't follow three, uh, doesn't follow when he's up by three late. Uh, that That's happened in the past. I mean, I, I got to get there with that. With with the, I, I do think, Tito, I think what it is with you, your kids are now like they are your life. 
You know what I mean? Because you got so many. I got five of them. I got five. It's not like I got one or two or something like that. I got five of them. They're all doing shit. I had to go to a fucking a band concert today at six o'clock. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I mean, it's just nuts. So yeah, I got five of them that are always doing crazy shit. So so yeah, I'm exhausted already. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's the same with me. We're at all kinds of practices. We got tackle football starting soon the coach said four nights a week we're gonna be practicing four nights a week crazy uh so i, I think i'm gonna start dropping them off at practice though and getting going and getting me you know an hour and a half time at home by myself yeah that alone time is crucial and i think i just still i i need it you know but what i mean it, but we do the same eric like uh dinner time television's off uh turn that off you know we like to talk don't um don't have that garbage on while you're eating dinner and stuff but you want to turn it on when the kid's on the ground and you're reading a book or something, turn the volume down, get your sports fixed in a little bit. Yeah. Take a peek. Well, last night I, I, I doubled that's I had the two TV system in my house. So I got Lakers and dubs on one TV, other TV. I got Edmonton and BGK. That's been another, uh, you know, fun, entertaining series. Actually it's, it's been close in that it's tied two to two. What Three to two. Let's go. Let's cash that over, baby. Dallas and the Kraken. But the Oilers and VGK tomorrow in Vegas, series tied at two. Edmonton, a minus 130 road favorite, a total of seven. We also got game five in Toronto tomorrow. Maple Leafs trail the Panthers, three games to one. Toronto, a minus 175 favorite tomorrow. <laughs> Despite being down three games to one, total is six and a half in those games. Either of you guys want to jump in with any takes on these games? A thousand percent. Toronto. I had a great game last night, taking the under on that game. They've been eliminated the last several years, low-scoring games, two-to-one games. They finally hit the – they finally got off the snipe this past year, defeating the Lightning in game seven. Florida's got too much. They've got too much grit, too much determination. They're going to take it take it over tomorrow night, taking the under um, of six-and-a-half. That's a three-star play for Tito. Dang. Dude, I like it. The under is cashed in all four games in that series. Yeah. The one thing that's keeping me off that, though, because I, I looked at the same thing. But first, you know me. I'm, I'm, me and God sometimes we're over guys when it comes to hockey. It doesn't oh, yeah. feel natural. doesn't feel natural to bet an under. I almost did it. I don't like taking unders in elimination games in the NHL because I, I feel like that. these teams, they get down maybe four to one. With eight minutes to go in the third, they're pulling that goalie. They get real aggressive pulling that goalie. And you know what happens with theirs is that, that you get a lot of overs from that. And it's, we've seen the opposite of that in the Oilers' VGK series. Uh, I lean over seven in that one because these teams are two of the best, highest-scoring teams in the league. It's been a super frustrating series to bet. Edmonton, is, they cash overs like nonstop. The last three games, though, have all gone all gone under, and that's because they've all been blowouts. All three games started hot to the yeah. over in the first half of the game, but then you get low-scoring third periods because the foot goes off the gas, no empty net goals. So I think we're due for a close game in that Knights Oilers series. And if it is close, it's probably going to go over. But I said this exact same thing heading into game four last night, and I got burned on that one and lost a unit there. So I'm sitting that one out. I lean to the over seven, but so I think I'm sitting out both the NHL games tomorrow, but those are my leads. Sean, anything on either of those? 
No, I got a three-star play going on right now on that Kraken game three. You know, I got it at five and a half, so I'm looking real good right now at three, two. Um, I don't know. We'll see how the wind blows tomorrow. I might bet an over. We'll see. I might actually take the over in the game that you guys like the under. I don't know. All right, let's get you to a topic that you are excited about, Sean. Yeah. It's the NFL schedule release. Yeah. I have not yeah. followed this super closely, so I'm going to, uh, to give the floor to you. Okay, so the NFL. What are we doing? We got the Detroit Lions opening up the season on Thursday night, going into Kansas City. What? Yeah, so the Lions are going to play the team. Yeah, come on, right? I know. It's like a feel-good story, Detroit. The line here is probably going to open at eight and a half, maybe eight. On It's going to be Mahomes. Mahomes, give me Mahomes. Three-star play now. That line, like I said, it'll probably open at eight. But I like the public to push that thing close to nine, nine and a half, probably before kickoff. Um, I just did. Detroit was a fun story last year. They didn't really play anyone down the stretches that was that good, to be honest with you. The Packers weren't that good. Minnesota wasn't that good. We found all that out. The Giants weren't that good. So give me Mahomes week one already. I like that a lot. Also, I'll chi- let me chime in real quick. I got good news for you, Sean. That line's already out. It's Chiefs minus seven. I'm sharp. I'm pretty sharp. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. If you like it at eight, eight and a half, you definitely got to love yeah. it at seven. Oh, I love it at seven. But I don't I don't know. It'd be very hard to bet it already. It's such a long way away in case of injuries. You know what I mean? I mean, if Mahomes goes Ten out. Ten-star play. You <laughs> <laughs> said three-star play three seconds ago. Now you're going to say it's too early about it. I'm not going to bet yet. It's way too early. I mean, Mahomes could get seriously injured in some kind of freak accident, and I just lost my money. Um, but, you know, a week before the season or two weeks, for sure, then we're talking. You know, we got to get through mini camp. We got to get through training camp. We got to get through preseason. No we way. Gotta get, gonna... We got to get through him limping through everything Everything that's going on. You can't put a bet in. You can do futures right now, but I wouldn't bet a straight game yet. There's just no way. Um so right now, my darling in the NFL is going to be the Saints. Um, the Saints have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Let me pull it up here. So compared to last year's schedule, they're facing a winning percentage of 427. So second easiest in the NFL. The Falcons are the number one. And also, the Saints had the worst quarterback play. Well, the New York Jets were second worst. The Saints were the worst quarterback play at QBR rating. So, you know, Derek Carr, you, know, you might like him, you might not, you know, the whole Vegas thing. But he's a solid, decent quarterback for the Saints. Like, he can hand the ball off. He can check it down as long as he doesn't lose the game. And so – I like the Saints this year. Just like last year, I bet the Jets a lot. And they covered early in the year until, you know, Vegas kind of figured them out and started making them favorites, and then that was over. But I'm going to be heavy on the Saints early and often this coming NFL season, I can tell you that. Get rid of all that crap that he just talked about, folks. <laughs> Talking about how it's the Saints. Hey, listen, listen. The NFL, every year, there's, there's a ton of parity when it comes to ups and downs, ebbs and flows of the NFL regular season, don't take into account anything related to strength of schedule. Oh, you yeah. Gotta the, yeah. You got to let the weeks play out. You can't just say, oh, well, it's the second week of schedule. Derek Carr is terrible. 
uh, Allen, whatever the, the heck, Dennis Allen, or whatever his name is, he's a terrible head coach. This team is going to be an abomination. Get out of here with this crap. I love it even more. You know, the parity is because of the schedule. you got to start figuring these things out. I'm not saying the Saints are going to go Super Bowl, but in a betting market, I love them this year because they're going to be a little bit better than people think. I believe their win total is nine and a half. So it's a little better than you think. Um, but give me the Saints early and often this year. I think they open up in, at home against Tennessee. I'm going to be on the Saints early and often. I can tell you that. Also, we have um, we have the Eagles, number one fade team this year. They have the hardest schedule this year. Something like six primetime games. They got to play the Chiefs. They got to play everybody. Fade the Eagles. They are frauds. They're not that good. Everyone saw in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm fading. The, I'm definitely fading the Eagles this year for sure. Super Bowl curse. Is that a real thing? Because that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. And toughest schedule in the NFL they're facing. Uh, you know, that, that's a real thing. So who wins the East then? The New York football giants and Daniel Jones? So... The top, the hardest schedule is the Eagles. Second is the Dolphins. Third is the Patriots. I'm talking about the easiest and hardest schedules. That's not a, what are we so, doing here? What's sounding pretty good right now? The New York Jets, because everybody in the East has got a tough oh, schedule. Get out of here, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, love so, it. You finally came out of the darkness, and now you're a Jets fan again. Wolf. Guess who has the fourth hardest schedule? The Giants. So, Dallas Cowboys? Uh, then number six is the Jets, seven's the Bills. Um, so I don't know. Um, the Cowboys might be a player again this year. I'm definitely ready for Monday Night Football. We got Buffalo Bills and New York Jets on 9-11. What a story. They can maybe use the old photo with the Twin Towers that a couple of the networks have been using lately and been getting called out on social media. So it's going uh, to be a fun season. I'm already ready for fall. Bring it on. And a reminder to anyone watching, Sean, last two years, pick six contests, 61% and 64%, correct? Uh, 64 two years ago and 61 last year. Listen to this man when it comes to the NFL. Is there anything else you need to get off your chest about the NFL before we move on to the next topic? Uh, so I have not listened to anyone. I haven't listened to a, a podcast. This is just released today. This is my own research. Uh, I love the Saints this year. I, of course. We have to get through training camp and preseason, and we got to see what happens with injuries. But as of right now, they're going to be one of my darlings that I'm going to be picking for sure. Tito disagrees. I, I like to see this. I like to see you two arguing again. It makes me happy. It fills my soul. Uh, you know, maybe us three can do a pick six this year. Oh, God. You want to see me get smoked? <laughs> I'm going to be tailing you. That's my NFL strategy this year. I'm going against you, Fishy. Sharpie, Sean, I'll go against you. Saints are terrible. They may not win a game this year. Woof. Couldn't believe their over-under was nine. That's a high. That seems kind of high, doesn't it? I'm surprised they actually have season win totals out already. The schedule just came out tonight, right? Uh, yeah, Kansas City's favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, no left, they're plus 600 to win the Super Bowl. Um, I get it. Oh, I guess we already knew the opponents, though. We, we, we just got the dates of when these games Yeah, are. right, right. Okay. So uh, they're at 11 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this in the past. Like, isn't it fair to say that it's almost a near certainty 
that your AFC representative in the Super Bowl next year is going to be either the Chiefs, the Bengals, or the Bills? Is there anyone else that can win this thing in the yes. AFC? Yes. Really? That team's legit. Yeah. They won Rock seven games with the second worst uh, quarterback play in the NFL. I'm think I'm liking the Houston Texans. I think D'Amico Ryan's he's got he that they've got they've got something brewing in the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan knows how to pick his coordinators. They had Robert Sala. I think Sala is an underrated coach. I think they're gonna break out this year. D'Amico Ryan's had that 49er defense going humming last year. He's now with Houston again, back home. I'm really liking a lot of these situations. What a wolf. That's the worst. They have the lowest odds to win the Super Bowl, the lowest over-under in the NFL at five and a half. You would like a Cinderella team like that. Take the over on the Houston Texans, baby. I love it. Oh, it's good to be back with you, boys. Plus 20,000 to win the Super Bowl. Tito thinks I'll play it. One, one, one G on it, baby. Woo! Oh, man. Anything else, Sean? No, not right now. I'm I'm just pumped up. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm not excited for the Packers this year. We had a terrible draft. Uh, we drafted two tight ends. Oh, yeah. In the third round. I mean, you trade Aaron Rodgers and you take a tight end and then you take another tight end. What are you doing? Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Ever since you bought ownership in the Packers, that, that franchise has went down. I don't know what you're doing. They need to start holding you accountable, owner. Uh, I know. Well, let's bring your mood up, Sean. Let's talk about the question of the day. Where this is what the last thing we're gonna do before we get to our picks. Finish the show with a with a little bit of grab ass, right. some kind of a topic here that we are not aware of. So, Sean, what do you have for us? Is your question of the day? Uh, so, what three things are on your bucket list? Oh man, sports related or anything? Anything. I'll start. I'll oh, start. Jesus. Give you guys some time. So number number one for me is to get to Lambeau Field. I've never been there. Um, I, I'm going to go there. i got to get to Lambeau. Um, number two would be to go to Ireland. I would love to go over to Ireland, shoot some golf over there, drink in a pub, you know, little fish and chips. Um, and then number three for me is uh, when I get older, I want to live on the beach. That's what I want to do. I want to live right on the beach, you know, you know. Not right on the beach, but 100 yards away from the beach, 200 yards. Uh, so that's on my bucket list. One day I want to live on the beach. Well, I like that. Tito, you want to go or do you want me to? Uh, you go. All right, I'm scribbling a few things down. I'm sure I could think of some better ones, but I, my mind goes to sports. Uh, see a no-hitter in person. Oh. This is something I've always wanted to see. I've gotten close twice. Mike Morgan, 1995, with my dad. I told you guys that story. Uh, Michael Waka in 2013, both got to the ninth inning at Bush. Both no-hitters ruined by slow-rolling infield singles. Ugh. Just effing brutal. Want to see one in person. Uh, you guys know I've gotten super into soccer over the last few years since COVID. Uh, I have never been to England uh, but I want to see a game. Chelsea has kind of become my pet team, which unfortunately they're having a shit year. <laughs> and one of the reasons I fell in love with them is because they have Christian Pulisic, who is now falling out of the rotation and is likely going to be transferred to a different team. Um, but seeing a game at Stanford Bridge, which is where oh, Chelsea man. plays, uh, that's Dude. on my bucket list. Really, I, I mean, any of those big ones, Liverpool, uh, Man United, uh, Man City, 
just to see a big time EPL game yeah. in England would just be outstanding. Uh, I actually have been to Ireland, John. It's the only time I've been over to Europe. It is the first beer that I had in Ireland. So you, you got a long ass flight to get over there. Andy was about one year old. Uh, we went with Stacy's family, uh, which also included about a six month old. So man, we had to, we had to pack a lunch for that flight, man. It was it was a grind. We also you're braver than me. Oh God. Well, I'll save the long story, but we discovered Andy's peanut allergy on that trip because we got off the plane and I gave her a bite of granola bar and she started breaking out. And like we got in two got in two car accidents all within the first 15 minutes. Oh my God. It almost took my, like we clipped another car because we're on the other side. I wasn't driving. I, I could go on all day about the story. It was a stressful time. So anyway, my daughter, you know, gets the peanut allergy where she, she could see her struggling and then eventually it goes down. Thank God we almost took her to the hospital. Two car accidents. I'm like, F it. We got to go to the pub. And we're at this outdoor bar. It was just us. I feel like we were the only people there. And the very first Guinness that they poured was like the greatest tasting beer I've oh, wow. ever had in my life. We actually, it's one of my favorite pictures of my wife and my daughter and I was holding the Guinness. Andy's holding her milk bottle as we're all, you know, getting ready to have our first drink. So make it happen, Sean. Take the trip. Uh, you beautiful. Know, what's that? Beautiful over there. I mean, beautiful is not really the right word. It's just like. I, don't, I just like the vibe. Everyone's just fucking cool over there. You know what I mean? Like they don't, America's so effed up with all, you know, with the, the corporate mindset that we have and everyone works their asses off and everyone's so high strung all the time, myself included, I feel like too much. Everyone over there is just laid back and chill. So I, I was very attracted to being over there. I, I, th I think it would be right up your alley, dude. I think, I think you would love it. So eat the piece of cake, take the trip, all those things. I, I try and live by that where I can. But you mentioned about living on the beach. I guess this isn't really like a tangible thing, but like retiring at 50 is a goal of mine. Like it is a, it is out there. Maybe if I'm doing something I really, really loved, you know, that I would want to do longer, I would. But just the thought of just like waking up on my, you know, it's, it's December 31st, 2032 is a Friday. <laughs> I already, already know this. Be my last day. You would, you would know the day. I would. I want to sit down and read a fucking book. Like just sit outside in the on nice, peaceful days like today and just read a damn book. Do whatever I want. I'm a simple man. I don't need a lot of fancy stuff. I just like to hang out, have a drink, watch some sports, and read a damn book. That's what I want to do. So no hitter in person. See a game at Chelsea and retire at 50. That's my bucket list. Right. Tonight, at least, that's what I could think of. Man, yeah, I mean, th those are some good, good options for you boys. I, I appreciate those. I'm not really the, I'm not really the guy that's looking to retire, you know, fairly soon. I like working. I like, uh, like, you know, I like doing what I'm doing right now. And um, so, I mean, I, there, there's a handful of sports things I want to see. I want to go to a World Series game, uh, for the Cardinals. Um, definitely want to do that. Hopefully, that's something I can do. I've tried in the past and never been blessed enough to to find tickets or to get tickets. So hopefully one day I'll be able to go to a Carnal World Series game. I'm also thinking I want to, uh, you know, bucket list item would probably be to, you know, walk one of my daughters down the aisle. Um, would love to be able to have that happen. Um, hopefully in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. 
Um, and then the last one, um, I want to see my son uh, win some sort of CYC championship. I coach all of the sports, and um, I want. I that's just kind of a selfish thing that I want. I want to have. Uh, I want to have that opportunity to to lead his team or lead a team that he's on to a, some sort of like championship, whether it's a city championship or a county championship. I'm not sure, but those are uh, those would be something that I would uh, would love to have the opportunity to do. So um, it's kind of centered centered around my kids for two of them, and one of them's a. Uh, it's a sports related and I'd love to have the opportunity to take you boys um, to uh, to a World Series game and and watch a clinching game or something like that. That would be awesome. I was I thought you might go with Duke going to see Dukey. Uh, you know, I, you know, Ben wants to play for Duke, right? So I mean, he wants <laughs> not going to happen, but you know, he wants to play for Dukey, but uh, John Shire, all that stuff. So, um, but I mean, that's you know. That's kind of a far-fetched uh, idea, but I mean, yeah, Dukey would Cameron Indoor would be a nice place to play, or a nice place to be at, watch a game. Uh, Eric, you know, going over to England or going over to Europe to, you know, to see an EPL Champions League final. I mean, that would be outstanding. That would be just like tip of the iceberg. Would be wonderful. Um, so, you know, one day maybe. You remind me of another good question. They're talking about the Dukies. So my aunts. Uh, won something in a in an auction one time, and the prize was you could go. It was tickets to any regular season sporting event in the United States of your choice. Wow, I don't want to even know. I already know. What what would yours be? Did she take the Cardinals? No. So it's a regular season game, and this is my aunt who is a Notre Dame graduate. Mm. Her choice was to go see Notre Dame play Boston College at Fenway Park. Oh, awesome. Which, which I thought was pretty cool. That's My great. answer would be seeing the Dukies play North Carolina at Cameron. That that would 100% be mine. If it had to be a regular season event, right. what comes to mind for you guys? Is there is there one that, you, that would stand out to you? Another one I considered was Auburn and Alabama at Iron Bowl. Um, that would be real big time. Packers-Bears game for me. Packers Bears, um, yeah, definitely up there. Uh, boy, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot with college football for sure. With you know Texas A and M and Texas, that'd be fun down there. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go to the big house. Yeah, big. I gotta yeah. get to the big house. That's on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know, fun. man. That the can't that Duke, North Carolina. That's a strong play. I mean. I was thinking maybe baseball, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, but ah, uh, you know, that's Boston luster in the last couple. Yeah, of years. it has. That um, Dukey, oh, especially with Coach K versus Roy Williams, that would be it. That would be. Well, I also, you know, also the uh, AFC Central. I would like to go see like a Baltimore Steelers game. Man, ooh, games, that's a good call too. Yes, those guys after it man that'd be fun yeah the, my mind goes to like what would have the best atmosphere because yeah. you you could get let down and you see a blowout game but like anytime duke plays carolina especially cameron in that gym that's got like what five six thousand people in it and it's and just the students are, <laughs> crazy shit. oh that would be awesome cool. yes yeah. i liked my my aunt's call on doing i mean how many times you could see a notre dame play at fenway park yeah that's awesome. just one of my favorite cities but uh yeah I just, what a great prize my god if you're gonna spend money on any kind of 
prize at a silent auction. I feel like that'd be it, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, all right, guys. Well, this has been great. I mean, we've gone an hour and a half. Uh, sounds like three guys that could do a two-hour radio show. I don't know about you guys. It sounds like we might be able to pull that off. Uh, how about uh, our picks? I know we've kind of given some out here um, as we've been going on through the show. Uh, Sean, do you want to start? Is there any that I know we talked about the over, I believe, Cardinals, Red Sox. Uh, is there anything that you want to give out? And in and, and, and all sincerity, I'm not keeping track of these anymore. There's really no upside of that, I think. But if anyone is watching this before the Friday action uh, and I want to tell any of us, uh, feel free to give out, you know, what you're, what you are going to be betting on this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with my team that I picked uh, a few months ago on this podcast, Atlanta Braves. They sure are looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, they look like the team to beat to me and then baseball. Um, give me the Braves minus 155 going to Toronto. Uh, we'll do that for a one-star play. We got Strider on the mound. Toronto's kind of stumbling a little bit lately. Um, Give me the Braves. I like the Braves tomorrow. We talked about the Cardinals over, but I wouldn't be an official play for me. Um, give me, and I'll I'll fade you boys. I'll take the over six and a half in the Maple Leafs game for two star play actually, and uh, give me the Dubs uh, money line three star play. To your point, Sean, the uh, Nuggets are up 30 at the half, by the way. So that oh. game might be over. So two shame uh, to you uh, calling that Dubs, out. Uh, Dubs plus 120 money line. Uh, that's where I'm going. Tito, you got any action? Uh, you, you got your three-star play there. I got my three-star play with the uh, with the Florida-Toronto under six and a half. Um, you know, I'm also thinking the Heat, Jimmy Butler, Eric Sposter, they take care of business tomorrow at home, and they send the Knicks home crying. All the Knicks fans, Spike Lee, oh, the Knicks, oh, they're back. They're not back. Get out of here. Wolf. Boy, I like the Jimmy Butler. I feel like the Heat are flying under the radar because they're the eighth seed. I feel like Jimmy Butler, as much as anybody in the league, reminds me of Kobe. He's kind of got that killer mentality. He's a dog. Oh, my God. When they closed out the Bucks in Milwaukee, he was just straight gangster. It was incredible. He does it year in and year out, too. This is some guy that just – he has the it factor. I mean, he's an outstanding player. As the yeah. kids say, he is him. <laughs> Boy, I like them. Yeah. Tito, anything else stand out to you that you want to put a bet out on? No, just those two plays. I like those two plays a lot. Those are what I wrote down earlier tonight. I was at that damn band concert. So I like those two plays. I'm thinking the under on Florida and Toronto tomorrow, and then Jimmy Butler takes care of business tomorrow. All right. Yeah, official plays I'm going to be betting. Cardinals, Red Sox, over 10. The date is just too overwhelming to me. If the Cardinals cannot get to James Paxton, I, I just don't I don't know what else to do. Even if he was just his normal self, he's a left-handed pitcher. The weather's supposed to be pretty good in Boston tomorrow. I, I think it's going to be a, an entertaining series. So over 10, uh, that Knicks heat first half under 106 and a half. I think it's a really, really strong play. And I promise to play on Manchester City. I'm going to make it real simple. I got a three. You writing this down, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to three-star play on Manchester City to win the Champions League. It's at minus 150 on DraftKings. Man City currently in the semifinals. 
against the defending champs, Real Madrid. First game was a one-to-one draw this week in Madrid. That game was awesome. It was it was like that place is is an absolute madhouse where Real Madrid plays. And Man City went down early. They made halftime adjustments. They kind of changed up how they were playing. Real Madrid was kind of rope-a-doping them in the first half and caught them on the counter. Uh, Man City kind of let Real Madrid have more of the ball in the second half. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne uh, tied it up. So it's going back to Man City for the second leg this week on Wednesday. Uh, back home, Man City's a machine. Like, they just they don't lose at home. They win that game. And, again, if, even if they draw this game, it goes to extra time. So they have 30 more minutes where they could, you know, have their skill went out and beat Real Madrid. It goes to PKs if it's still tied after 120 minutes. So if they win this game, which I fully expect them to do, they're on in the final. They'll be a heavy favorite in the final against likely Inter Milan. Inter Milan went up 2-0 uh, on the road in their first leg yesterday. I still think there's value on Man City, minus 150, to win the whole thing. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that yeah. Yeah. That's super sharp to get ahead of the championship now. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I really like betting uh, these futures, especially like, uh, you know, to win uh, or to qualify for the next round. I want I want a huge bet on Bayer Leverkusen to advance to the next round in the Europa League. I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but they, they were a, a pretty substantial favorite that I just knew like over 180 minutes of soccer, they're going to win out. And they struggled in the first game. They did, but I doubled down and I put more on it and they ended up winning. I, I heard a great saying one time that a lot of times people get scared. A lot of times when if they're, you know, they put a bet on something and then either like the action kind of goes against them or the line goes against them and they get scared. And the great line I heard one time is this guy said, uh, don't be a moron, put more on. Like, <laughs> like, like just don't, don't be an idiot. Like, if your read was on one way and you're getting better value on it, don't be a moron, put more on. Yeah. So that that's what I'm doing here with Man City. Minus 150 to win the Champions League three-star play on DraftKings. Uh, that is all I got. Does anybody else have anything else that they want to add before we wrap it up? I just want to say it's been awesome uh, catching up with you guys. This has been great. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a lot of fun. fun. It's been great. Um we got some news uh, in store maybe later on down the road. We might jump back on here in a few months, uh, talk to everybody after summer's over maybe. Tito, a lot of fun. A lot of really good times catching up with you boys. Good to see you guys again. Had some hot toilet takes coming live in living color. I got some CYC action. Baseball is going strong right now. The SCCA second grade boys baseball team has been on fire. Some great coaching. I got some great, great pitching moves going on here. So it's been a lot of fun. Good time chatting with you boys tonight. And, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some of our plays cast this weekend, baby. Uh, I, do have, I do have a quick story. Uh, we're in a flag football league uh, this session. And I, I decided not to coach uh, this session. I took it off. So um, we got a new coach. Uh, first week. We're in a tight game. We end up losing by like two points. So week two, I'm starting, you know, I'm there at practice. I'm watching practices and I'm like, man, you know, we got to get something going here in offense. We got to get something going. You know, this same old boring run up the middle ain't going to work. So 
Week two, we get shut out. We lose 18-0. Boys battled. I mean, they played some good defense, but we get shut out. So we go to practice. I said, Coach, you got to start, you know, a little misdirection here. You can't just keep running the ball. So This fucking guy. Anyway, uh, they run the jet sweep reverse. Uh, You know, I kind of told them, hey, you got to try this play. Uh, So first play of the game, week three, touchdown to the house. Uh, I go over to the coach, and I said, well, How's that feel, man? He goes, well, feels pretty good. It hasn't been since week one since we scored. So uh, fun stuff. Uh, summer's been going, or, well, not yet, but summer's going to be pretty great for everybody. And uh, hopefully you guys can come over to the pool, hang out, and uh, get to see each other. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Yeah. No doubt about it, boys. All right, well, enjoy the games this weekend. Sean, let's cash this uh, over in this Kraken Stars game. I think we can catch a third period here in a minute. But that's going to wrap up our show for tonight. Uh, hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You never know when we're going to hop on and do one of these videos together. Uh, so, but make sure you hit the notification bell, too, uh, so you can get our videos as soon as we post them. For Sean, for Tito, I'm Eric. This has been Domesticated Gamblers. Thanks for being with us, guys, and we will see you soon. Let's cash.